0: Welcome to the Amplify Ignorant Podcast, a safe place created by four friends who talk about life, love, and other shenanigans. Sit back, relax, and share these pieces of our lives with us. This is your boy Chuck B, Cancer from Detroit, Michigan.
1: This is King G. I know real G is moving silence, but I got time today.
2: I'm Sarah, your bougie auntie and tequila connoisseur.
3: And I'm Teddy Payne. And I just be like,
1: I'm here.
3: So let's just do it.
1: Let's start with with self love. Like if you if you had a chance to go back and talk to your eighteen year old self, knowing the things that you know now, what would you talk what would you say to them about, about self love?
3: Um, I guess for me, uh shit, my eighteenth birthday I was in a walking boot. So Or was I in the boot was I in the boot yet? I think I was pretty sure I was in the boot, so I think for my eighteen-year-old self, I'd tell him, I like, guess, not the end of the world. Um, don't allow yourself to uh, be so negative. Like I understand that, it's like not having baseball, or you know, it, or athletics as a whole in your life is rough, but don't allow that to ha- make you turn on the people that you've been close with.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I think, I think if I could go back in time, honestly, 18 was that pivotal age where you are trying to figure out who you really are. You know what I'm saying? You're about to go to school. You, and I, I mean, I was at a toss up because um, when I turned 18, I had just had to make a decision if I was going to go to Hampton or if I was going to go to Wayne State, mainly because I had to have three more surgeries on my wrist, you know. And what was really easy, what would have been real easy would have been for me to say, like, I just give up and not pick a college or, like, just try to work or something like that. But I didn't, but I also, like, resented myself a lot of the time when I was, like, at that age. Um, especially, like, my first year in college and stuff like that. I was like, well, how different would my life be if I would have went to um, Hampton? And so I would just tell myself, like, the most important thing for you to do is to trust your decisions, love yourself, and everything will work out for you um, at the end of the day. Because if you can't love you, nobody else can love you because you teach them how to love you. So... That would be
2: what I would say. That's so true. I feel like so much of your, like, the lessons you have to learn at that age is about how to love yourself because as a teenager, like, psychologically, you have that whole imaginary audience thing going on still. So you're just like, I need to worry about what everybody else is thinking about me. I need to figure out how to impress the crowd and, like, how to like display my value but you have to learn like it's not about the display of your value like one of the things that I wish I had learned or I wish I knew at that age was like love yourself first and then date after that like you don't have to like love yourself first and then build friendships off of that like it doesn't have to be uh, impress everybody else first kind of thing but at that age it's so hard because you are, like, everything else and everybody else seems so important.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I I was used to doing good at things. Like, you know, I, I played sports. I, I had good grades. I was used to doing good at things, being good at things. And I think that at a certain point, like, in high school, um, I started to, like, base my value on how good I was able to do at things like you know the better I did at something you know the more value I had but that can be like not so good or catastrophic sometimes when you start to do bad because then you start to you know if my values if, if I only have value when I'm doing good then I have low value when I'm doing bad and you know that, that just gives you like a poor self image and um, like Charles said it can cause you to resent yourself because, you know, you feel like you're not, you know, living up to what living up to your expectations, or, um, or that you don't have any value because because you're doing bad at things.
3: Yeah, I think for me uh, too. I'm actually kind of the opposite of y'all. Like, even though I didn't, while I was worried about people thought I wasn't doing much. So, like, if I'm transferring from like turning eighteen and being 18 in college versus, like, on my 18th birthday, like, in school, like, first, a lot, especially, like, my first two years um, in undergrad, I was real, like, if I wasn't at practice or with my teammates, like, I was in my room, like, I didn't really try to explore too far out and, like, meet a whole lot of new people, like, I met some, like, by happenstance or they'd be like in my classes I would happen to know them but it wasn't like I really was getting to know a lot of people that weren't connected already connected to me and so I wish that I had like forced myself to branch out
2: a bit more that's real Mm -hmm. I kind of like um I experienced something similar, but it came from a different space. So like my lack of doing things, because I was the same way in college. It was like, I don't want to do anything extra. I don't want to break the bubble. But it was for the sole fact of like maintaining a certain air about myself and not wanting to appear bad at anything if I tried it. So Mm -hmm. like (laughs) I wasn't going to go join like Ultimate Frisbee or something because I was like, I don't play frisbee. I'm a look stupid. Don't want to do that. If I don't play frisbee though, I don't look stupid. Um, I wasn't going to join like the improv group or like the acapella or any of that stuff. Cause I was like, as long as I don't do anything to embarrass myself or anything to like rock the um, persona that I have going on right now and just stay at stasis, then I'm okay. So it was still about, like, impressing other people, but it was totally fear-based of, like, looking bad or, like, looking silly or something. Yeah. So I feel you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I came out of my shell more uh, my freshman and sophomore year because, like, I was honestly sheltered. So, like, I was exposed to a lot at Wayne State. So I would be at parties that I wouldn't usually be at. Like, I didn't go to nothing in high school. I went to literally one homecoming, and that was our senior year. And I went to prom. That was, like, the only party I had ever been to. So, like, that party-going thing wasn't a thing until I got into college. I didn't take my first drink until prom. You know Whew. what I mean? So, Boy, did we. Yeah, we took a lot of drinks hey. that night. <laughs> Talking about we ain't drunk. That was the problem. We were.
2: <laughs>
0: I don't even feel no different. You know what I'm saying? But that's just how. It, that's how it all plays out. You know, I think... I think you go through high school trying to appease people, like not necessarily trying to make them happy, but make yourself look good in their eyes, which is ultimately appeasement at the end of the day. And so when you go to college, it's a culture shock because it's so many different people that like if you try to appease all of them, you never you never win. And I think that's kind of what I think that's kind of what college teach you. It teaches you like time management, but it also ultimately teaches you how to learn to live and love with love yourself. You know what I mean? Because if you don't, you won't make it. You won't finish school without that. And at the end of the day, I was not trying to not finish because I'm already, you know, that's debt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, forget. I was like, forget all this appeasing people. I ain't got time in my day to do that. I need to. Like get done with these classes, then go to work, then go to work again, you know, because I worked two jobs in college. But it just helped.
1: Hmm. Um. So yeah, working two jobs—that's that's, that's an interesting concept. And I think you know we can kind of talk about that more. Some of like maybe the advice that you had up to directing yourself. To your eighteen-year-old self, like you know about money, and like you know how would you, what what would you tell your eighteen-year-old self about money? As you know, you know because as you went through college and not now into like young adulthood, you know you're kind of starting to learn the importance of money a lot more. At least I am, and so yeah. What what would you, what would you guys say, you know, to your eighteen-year-old self about money?
2: I would have been way more serious about scholarships at that age if I, like, understood debt, like, student loans appropriately, (laughs) which I did not. Mm. Bruh. And I don't even have as much debt as some people do from undergrad. I mean, I will after grad school. I'm sure of it. But, um, yeah, I definitely would not have, like, allowed my parents to take out as many loans or taken out as many myself. Because, yeah, at that age, I couldn't imagine life after college. So you're not thinking about, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to pay this off. I have to make sure I have this job to pay this off. And this is going to be a major part of my budget for several years or decades. Um, so, yeah, that student, that whole student loan thing. I may have waited to go to college, too. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, student loan debt is definitely something 18 year old me had no handle on at all. Um, that and budgeting, I would have liked for baby Sarah to learn how to budget sooner than her 20s. But I learned it.
3: Uh, I think for me is like just spending. So my parents taught me like very early on. Like my senior year, I had an account um, where all my money was coming in and out of. So, like, my parents like gave me a set amount, and I had to use that for basically everything. So, gas, food, if I wanted to go out, if I wanted to take my or take a girl on a date, or anything like that. Like, all that money came out of that account. Um, the only thing that I didn't have to pay for my senior year was uh, my class ring. Like, they were like, we're, "Don't worry about that. Like, we'll like you don't have to come up with the money for that. We'll just pay for that one." Separate. If you talk about like money for me,
0: when I was eighteen, I feel like I understood the value of a dollar real early in life. You know what I mean? Because like my parents and I wasn't well off. Like we didn't have a lot, and so by me growing up, I was able to save a lot better when I was younger, as opposed to now because I make a lot more money. You know what I mean? So I would tell my 18-year-old self is to make sure that when you start saving, you don't stop. You know what I mean? That way, like when you get to 20, 25, you're not sitting there like, oh, man, I was much better with money when I was younger, and I shouldn't be. Like, So that would have been my advice to myself, just learn how to navigate through that, understand that like your money and your credit is power. Like I understood credit, like, stuff like that. So it was real easy for me to like manage to do financially. Just now, it's like the older I've gotten, the more loose I've got with my money. Just mm-hmm. to make sure, like, don't get loose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't get loose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, for me, it would definitely be like the power of credit, and like how how important that can be. Like, I had an internship back in Colorado. And, like, I needed a credit card to be able to rent a car. Like, I was under, like, I needed a credit card to rent a car, and I didn't have a credit card before that. I was 20, I was 21, but I didn't have a credit card yet, and I hadn't really built my credit before then. So, uh, the whole idea of credit was kind of unfamiliar to me. Um, and, you know, like, the idea of, like, interest and having to pay this money back and... So and but and then even after that, like getting loans um, and that whole idea of like, you know, being able to buy property, you know, because now I'm looking into real estate and like getting business lines of credit. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I wish I kind of had understood what credit was earlier so I could try to start building it um, and kind of like have some of a leg up on some of the business things that I'm trying to do because not understanding that caused me to like make some mistakes that I wish I hadn't made. But
2: yeah. I wish we had learned more financial literacy in high school. Um, I just feel like we learned a lot of useless math. Not totally useless, dependent. I mean, no, we do learn a lot of useless math. <laughs> like geometry. we dive yeah, geometry, prime example. You dive real deep into this thing for a whole year, and who among us still uses geometry on a daily basis? Nobody. Beyond kindergarten oh. geometry, like, oh, will this thing fit in this space? Yes. <laughs> like
0: that's called the CNI test, yeah. though, fam. That ain't even geometry. <laughs> it looked like it yeah. a bit was, uh, yeah, like,
2: it? yo you learn that whole spatial recognition thing with those little toys where the circle fits in the circle and the triangle fits in the triangle we spend a whole year in high school learning that but we don't know how to pay our taxes or to budget or like what's expected of you if you want to purchase real estate which like if, if you're really preparing these kids for college and for a life where they can enjoy certain luxuries and comforts. Why don't you teach them how to use their money that they're supposed to eventually have? Like, who else is going to teach yeah. us that? The schools. Yeah. The schools are failing us. But that's a different topic for a different day. <laughs>
0: I mean, I also don't use calculus. True imaginary numbers, I don't use that either. Mm -mm. I mean, they just teach you a bunch of shit just to make you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, even jobs these days, they teach you everything they want you to do. You ultimately don't really even need to go to college unless unless the job, like jobs force you to have a degree, which some do. I feel like doctors gotta go to college. but You
2: have to go to college.
0: Therapists, doctors, anybody who's a doctor or dentist or things like that, nurses they should go to college but people who go to like work in normal businesses you can pretty much teach anybody anything
2: you can and like if there's going to be a level of training anyway it's like why set these expectations like oh did you accumulate uh forty thousand dollars of debt when you were 17 no well i'm sorry you don't qualify to work this job <laughs> It's like, you're going to train me anyway. Just utilize more of that training time to really teach me what it is you want me to do. People can learn, and you don't have to take four years at a university taking more calculus and more, like, biology to do these jobs.
0: Ain't got to tell me, man. Our job teaches people how to code. Mm -hmm. They teach them how to uh, do QA and business analysts and all that stuff. Underwrite loans. Yeah, like These people come out hmm. of college and they don't have no idea how to do that kind of stuff. And they can teach you how to do it at my job. So I know it's all bullshit. There's nothing you can't learn on your job. I think being a, except for being a doctor or like things like that nature.
2: Yeah. Other There's than that. Higher, like intensive study.
0: Yeah. And that's mainly because you need to understand like how organs work and stuff like that. Like you dealing with people's livelihoods at that point. Right. You going to college, You me going to college and me learning how to crunch numbers. Those don't. Like, I didn't have to do that. Teach me the damn formula. Show me how to use the calculator. And I'll do it every time. There's no question.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, uh, yeah, the schools and like financial literacy. We should touch on that in another episode. We should. I think that would be a good yeah, topic. Yeah, because they don't teach you shit so, at school. Not
3: nothing. Yeah. Um so thanks. Uh before we move on, (laughs) um I know that I uh I was talking about like being prepared with money. Like when I was in when I was in school, like my senior year, so like the first half of my eighteen, like I was parent funded. Because I had a whole account that was supposed to go through my entire senior year. But my 18 and basically 19-year-old year year, um, in school, I ran out of money because I was paying for things I had never been used to paying for. So I had to pay for alcohol. I started smoking weed, so I was paying a lot of money to smoke weed. And it was like at the end of the year, I was like, fuck, I don't have no money. And it was, like, I had, to, I had like, zero. Mind you, my parents also gave me money for the school year. So, like, I had my loan. I only had enough loan to pay for uh, the other half of my room and board and, like, tuition. Because I had a partial scholarship. So, half of my stuff was paid for. So, the rest, like, I took a small loan out. And then my parents uh, had put away money for a chunk of that. And then another chunk with money I was using throughout the year. But because I was wilding, I ain't had no money in like April, like the beginning of April, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't have any money." And it took until like I had to last from like parent visit to parent visit, and then like luckily I got money on my birthday. Then I had to not like lived like that all the way to get through May to get to like, get back home, and that's why I told myself, like, oh, Dog, I'm stressed." Yeah, for you. I was like, "Bro, this." It is ridiculous. I was like, I can't do this ever again. Like, I can't allow mm-hmm. myself to just be spending this kind of money to the point where it's like, all right, well, I got a little bit enough to for gas. I got a little bit enough to eat, like when I'm not at the uh, like eating all, at school on school premises and stuff, and just trying to figure it out. And I was like, yeah, like so that was a big one for me, is like learning how to spend properly because the shit is not like infinite. <laughs>
2: I'm still learning that.
1: Nah. <laughs> yep. Man. Falling on the budget.
2: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm about to take a pay cut to do grad school and like the the cup had runneth over while I was working full time and making what I make. And now I'm like, oh no, I have to go back to like my college mindset where it's like, all right, Sarah, make these twenty dollars stretch for a week. Damn. Yo. I
0: ain't made twenty dollars stretch a week in a long time.
2: Right. That's about to be my life, though. I mean, granted, I live with my parents, so it's not. It shouldn't be that severe. I hope. And I did save some money, because I'm not completely stupid <laughs> anymore. But <laughs> it's like I learned to adult. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. I've, like, found a little bit of act right over the last couple of years. But this is going to be, like, a new – I feel like I'm going to fall back into my 18-year-old position. But I have the knowledge that I have now, so we'll see how it goes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, that's interesting. But talk about knowledge and things like that. I think that kind of flows into, into like losses and like, um, you know, how you deal with losses and, you know, looking at it. I mean, Jay Z said, you know, it's not a a loss and a loss. It's a lesson, you know, and like looking at things, but, uh, and I think that might be the advice I would give my 18 year old self. Maybe is that, but um, yeah. What would you guys you know, maybe say to your eighteen yourself about losses or setbacks, or letdowns or disappointments. Um, you
3: know? I would tell myself, "Don't be afraid to leave." Um, one of the like I played baseball my entire life, but the the four years I was in the undergrad, even though I was on the team, like I really didn't get to play. Like I just didn't get a shot. But I would come home during the summer and I would play with play with and play against guys that were playing division one baseball or like high D two or like a high NAIA and was like right amongst them playing. Like it was like the same kind of ordeal. And, uh, I had a chance after my freshman year of undergrad, I, I was on the baseball team, um, but I got red shirted, so I didn't get to play or go anywhere. And the coach was hella, like, he was trash. He was just a trash coach, um, like, to the point where he didn't even tell me I was red redshirted myself. He had one of the, like, one of the seniors on the team come and talk to me, which
2: – What's shirt? So red
3: redshirted is when basically you're on the team, but you don't travel with the team or anything. Like, you're not actually on the active roster – so basically you're on the team but you can't really do shit. That yeah, sucks. but you could like if we have a home game or whatever, you could be in the dugout if you wanted to kind of thing stuff like that. But Yeah, you but don't you lose in. Eligibility eligibility. So a year. I still could have played 4 years at that time. I only ended up playing 3 of my eligibility, but uh you still keep like you was saying you keep a year of eligibility so like even though you're red and on the team, it doesn't like neg- negatively affect you. Uh so but and I had a chance to transfer to another school, um a couple of different because I had uh the only issue is like they I was gonna be transferring into a school that was in our conference. So I might have had to sit out another year was possibly, but I definitely would have been playing my third and fourth year. But, um, yeah, so I would have have just told myself, like, even though I appreciate all the time I did spend at my undergrad, uh, sometimes I do think about how my life might have been different if I had to just, like, instead of being comfortable where I was and the fact that I knew people and, like, all that kind of thing, just let myself transfer and, like, being able to play and seeing where that would have taken me. So I do like take a. So I tell my eighteen year old self when it comes to loss and setbacks, uh, don't be afraid to take even bigger risks.
1: Yeah, I hear you on that. Um, Sometimes that is the way forward, you know. You have like. I guess, choices and matter. you can, like, go forward, stay where you are, kind of go backwards and some in different cases. Depending on how yeah, you it at things.
2: At that age, like, your comfort seems like such a big loss. Because I feel like that's what a lot of it is, is, like, comfort and fear. Like, grappling between those two things. And I just wish, or I guess my advice to my 18-year-old self would be, like a lot of the things that you're worrying about right now don't actually matter as much as you think they do. Um, Like, Mm -hmm. like you said, you can take risks. Like you can, you can try this thing. You can do this. You can um, be creative. You can like try out a different major or try a different school um, and try to like really find your niche or just find something else that you enjoy. But like, you don't have to be scared of the, the, what would happen? You don't have to be scared of the results. Like, this is the time to just test results. Like, it's a testing period. So, yeah. because yeah, it, like, comes. I think that's what I tell Yeah, because it so. comes
3: down to this, like, at the end of the day, like, you still have a safety net. Especially, like, for the four of us, um we all had parents that, for the most part, were doing pretty well for themselves. So, like, we had. A, a decent safety net. So it's like, yeah, your parents may like fucking be upset that you changed your major two or three times, or that you decide that you wanted to go to another school, which is a whole other different kind of like. The expenses are now different because you may have been farther or closer than you already were. But you, yeah. you know, like sometimes it pays to just be uncomfortable, and I think that it's probably the big thing too is like my 18 year old self and up to probably till I was about 20. So about that, like I said, those first two semesters of school were just being, I was just super comfortable. Like I didn't try a lot of things. Like I didn't do a lot of stuff. I was like, no, I think I'm good here. Like people not, you know, I'm good here and you don't really grow through being comfortable.
0: Yeah. My favorite saying is, uh, be comfortable with being uncomfortable, especially like where we work at. Like everything's always changing, and so when I was eighteen, you know what I mean. Like I had to make some some big decisions, especially when it came to college, and so it just happens that way. You know what I mean? Like I've learned that you're not gonna really lose. You really just learn if you take every bump in the road as a lesson whether it be in relationships, whether it be in your schooling, whether it be in just like your everyday normal de- decisions you make, whether you choose to eat healthier today or not. like As long as you take the you take the things that you learn from every negative situation, um, you never really lose. You always kind of win. And that's always been my thing. So just roll with the punches and being adapted to change because – at the end of the day, if you can't do that, you won't really go far in life because everything's going to be forever changing, and you don't really have control over much. I feel like life is about 10% what you do and then like 90% how you react to the things that happen to you. <laughs>
1: so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that, that perspective is a big thing, shifting that perspective and that kind of shifts how you react. And, and how you interpret the things that happen but Chuck kind of mentioned relationships so and I think that's also a, I think that's also an interesting topic um, yeah a- about um, you know how we and losses in relationships are kind of related in that you know, you you can't be afraid to lose in a relationship either, or if um, or in that type of in that type of um, context, meaning like in your relationship, there are different types of relationships that people have. You know, there's business relationships, there's um, romantic relationships, there's friendships, uh, there's relationships with your family members and your parents. So, um, you know, and so there's, there's so many different types of relationships, but if you, um, and I know it's a broad topic, but if, yeah, if you guys could talk about the advice you would give to your 18 year old self around, you know, whatever relationship. I think for the first one, for me, it's like,
3: uh, you're cuter than you think you are. Um, there's a lot of times it sounds, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it's like yeah. there like I was super timid, like despite having a couple of relationships in high school and, you know, so I didn't really again, I didn't really try that much when I was in undergrad, like my first couple of years. But it was like a part of it was because I was like, oh, I mean, they. I, was, like, I don't think I'm that cute. Girls probably don't really, like fuck with me like that. But it was like the moment I was just like, I mean, what's the worst they the worst they can do is say no. Like you could, might as well just go ahead and try. And she just started opening up for me. So it's like you, you look better than you think. And so like it's just take a take a shot, like take a swing at it, because like the worst they can say is no, or like or if they laugh or do some other shit, like all right, whatever. That's obviously not the person you want to deal with anyway. And you can just keep it pushing.
2: That's so real. That was that was something I thought about too. Like at that age, I didn't think I was that interesting. I didn't think I was that cute. I feel like I just recently was like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm kind of cute." <laughs> like, oh they, I just... huh? <laughs> Say, oh, they be choosing, huh? they be choosing. But yeah, it's like all the things I didn't think I had going for me. I would want my 18-year-old self to know, like, sis, like, don't worry. Like, you do. Also, I went to a PWI. So, like, it was there were seven black men in my class, I think, because mm-hmm. it was a small school. Um, And then, like, the white boys were, like, scared to... I don't know what the deal was. Some people say they were intimidated by me. I choose to <laughs> go with that. <laughs> from my own like nah, I feel mental health. yeah like I just did not think I had it going on I was like anybody checking for me so I mean I must not like I'm fine I guess like I guess I have okay <laughs> I'm smart <I> <laughs> but yeah I wish I had understood like no like you're okay that also would have kept me out of a lot of mess with boys that preyed on that like oh she doesn't she's cute so if I like give her a little attention then she'll be all in which did happen to I mean I feel like Sarah
3: that happens to, all, to everybody I've definitely been like like oh this girl is actually giving me some attention let me do this that and other sent out a couple of times it happens
2: that's part of the game being a dude
3: you know
0: Um, I mean in all actuality if you look at it all relationships are the same you know what I mean and that's like the number one thing you gotta kind of look at like people are gonna match your energy to me yeah I mean mean, I'm talking about friendships um, work relationships and then being in a like a a physical and emotional relationship they're all the same Like, you match people's energy, you trust people as much as you have seen that you can trust them, you know, and then, like, you respect everybody. That's kind of what I've learned throughout all of my time, especially dealing with, like, 200 people a day. Like, I'm not going to be friends with all these people, but what I've learned is you can kind of read people for who they are and... Like, once you start being able to read people, you start knowing how to trust them. You start kind of knowing, like, how they're going to respond to stuff. And I started using, like, those those same things in my relationships. And then that's kind of how I've been able to, like, get myself out of bad situations. Ultimately, what you're going to start doing is you're going to give a lot, like, initially in relationships, especially when you're young, because you're going to think that, like, you want this fairy tale love, you know what I'm saying? You think like you're gonna meet somebody, you're gonna spend the rest of your life with that person because that's just what they show you on TV. And that's not how it is. You gotta bump your head a few times. You gotta see, you gotta my dad told me you're gonna kiss a <laughs> lot of toads. <laughs> that's what he told me. And it was yeah, the thing and that was the realest thing I ever heard, you know, because me personally, I was the dude who got wrapped up in like, I'm gonna meet a girl. I'm gonna marry that girl, and I'm gonna be happy with that girl, and that ain't how it's been. You know what I'm saying? I've been in a lot of shiesty relationships. I've been in a lot of, I've been, I've been done wrong in relationships, and I've done wrong in relationships. But at the end of the day, you just start to learn that, like, it's not about relationships. Aren't about what you put into them all the time. Sometimes it's just like being able to understand your place in a person's life. You know, because if you don't understand your place in, in that person's life, no matter what you do, you know what I mean, there's nothing that is going to change that. You can't force them to change. You can give them a ring. You can you can you can let them move in with you like none of that stuff changes. It. They're still going to put you in the same bucket until they're ready to change your position in their life, because it's, they that's something that they have control over. And so that was kind of one of the things that I've learned in all my things. like, And I take that with me in all my relationships. My relationships with the people that I work with at work um, as well as my friendships because you spend so much time investing in others that a lot of times you forget to invest in yourself. And so now you're teaching them that you don't really care about you. And that's like the bad traits you develop. And then they start worrying about only what you can do for them instead of what they can do for you because you're not doing for yourself if somebody don't see you buying yourself clothes shoes and stuff like that well guess what they're not just going to start randomly doing that out the kind of their heart but if you buying them clothes shoes and stuff like that like they're going to fucking appreciate that stuff they're going to take it because that's just how most people are not everybody but that's just how most people are so you just got to go through those things and just kind of realize like you also got to take care of you. You got to go get your hair cut. You got to go get your feet done. You got to go, like as men, like you got to go buy yourself clothes and shoes and you got to put and invest in you for other people to learn how they invest in you. If they don't see you doing those things, then at the end of the day, they're just going to gonna do the same things you've been doing, treat you with less than what you deserve because you're not giving yourself what you deserve. So a lot of relationships also come down to like how you treat yourself. If you don't treat yourself well, if you don't invest in yourself, if you're not taking care of your health, if all you do is this, this, that, and the other, and it has nothing to do with, like, your own personal growth, how do you expect people to come in your life and to help build you? Like, you do get those people, but you don't always get that. So you got to learn those things, too. And that's, like, those are the things you just start really, just start understanding as you get older and older and you start going through more and more relationships. Like, I have 220 relationships every day. And so... (laughs) Preach, pastor. Preach. Kind
3: of so. Yeah. Pastor Chuck came yeah. came to the pod today.
2: Sure uh, did. Had this word for the youngins. me I, And the old. I woman. caught the jam too, <laughs> See <laughs> Yeah, got you. Got me together. Yeah. I'm gonna start taking care of myself. Toot sweet.
0: Yeah. You go get your own hair <laughs> and nails done and see if okay. you find you a man who will do it for you. You will. <laughs> that's how it happens.
3: Or women, for listeners out there. True man facts. or woman. Yeah. There you go. Person. Yes. Whatever Person. you so choose. Yeah. Take care of yourself first, and then others will come. Yeah, Build yeah, it, and true. they will come, as they say.
1: hmm
3: But instead of the field. It's <laughs> It's to you," <laughs> he said. "It's to you."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nah. For me, um, it's kind of similar to like to like um, to like losses. Like, I um, I kind of see my value in a relationship as like what I can do for like the other person. I kind of derive like. A lot of my value from that. Sometimes, like if I, I don't feel like I'm really delivering value unless I'm like, uh, you know, helping that person in some way or doing something for them. Um, which is kind of like a fault really in myself because, um, you know, I should see myself as having value in a relationship any, any way, no matter what. Um, and so, I think that would be my. Um, my advice is kind of like, you know, to just always see your own value in a relationship. It doesn't matter if, um, you know, you feel like you're doing something for that person or not. Uh, like, your your presence being there is is you doing something for them. Man, uh,
3: we all go to that phase, though.
1: You know what
0: I'm saying? That's a real life, especially... I think it's more of a, I think it's a lot more of a guy thing. That first relationship kind of ruined a dude. How that goes kind of dictates like how you act in other relationships. And that can be to, uh, to the detriment of you or to the growth of you. Because my first relationship, you know what I'm saying? I learned a lot of bad tendencies. And they just followed me through two more relationships before I realized that, like, I can't just try to take care of every girl that I come across. Like, you you have to, they can't just need you. Like, you playing super save a hoe, it's just not good for yeah, yourself. Yeah, I think the cape off. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to let these hoes, no, you got to let these hoes say themselves. Because if they don't say themselves, you know what I'm saying, no matter how much help you give them, they always going to find themselves back in that same spot. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. You're gonna be saving a sixty-year-old from herself. Mm, and oh, wonder now, how did I get here. Well, and I think too. Like, <laughs> got low, okay, I know for yeah. like, for
3: me, uh, <laughs> my first reaction, like I was doing the same shit and expecting like different results just because it was a different girl. It's like sometimes, like you, you can have a uh, healthy relationship uh, or semi healthy because if you're not, if you're the toxic one. Um, it's not really healthy, but it's like if you you can have a semi-healthy relationship, like your partner can be good to you, but if you're not doing the things that they would enjoy, or giving them the the respect that they deserve in the way that you're moving, things that don't even even have to do with, like, when you're sitting in the same room with them, but, like, respect in the way that you're moving when you're not with, like, all your relationships are also gonna end up the same, because it's like, the other person isn't the problem, you are. Yeah. And I think that takes a, a that not even just romantic relationships but friendships too like if the other person is always reaching out or if you're always flaking on that, or on someone mm-hmm. or just doing stuff it's like sometimes you gotta take a seat, take a step back and be like yo like, am I the problem cause sometimes you are like you you love to believe okay. that the other person's mm-hmm. wronging you and how dare they do mm-hmm. this and that and other to you but it's like what did you do to them? Like, some stuff is reactionary. Like, everything isn't about what they did to you. It's like, what did you do to them? Like, how did you make them feel? You accepted it. Yeah, That'd be the problem. A lot of the
0: times, you accept that shit. And I done went through it twice. Where you just accept people not giving what you deserve. You know what I mean? And that becomes a norm in your relationship. And then now it's that relationship is toxic in general, because even though you don't have any bad intentions, or you're not verbally abusing, or you're still toxic, because you're enabling that person to treat you in a, in in a way you don't want to be in <laughs> That car, some water. In a way you don't want to be treated. Like you enabling, <laughs> because once you enable, like enabling is just as bad. Yeah. Like it's just to- it's toxicity too. Like they don't speak on it. You know what I mean? Like I've enabled people to do the wrong shit.
3: And then yeah, I think like, that relationships, yeah, but I think the most of, I ever did like, them wrong. powerful thing that you can do in any relationship is like the power of saying no, like, because you like in terms of friendships, business, romance, like, you don't want people to dislike you, you want people to, you know, do things for you just the way that, uh, like you do for them, but you also have to remember, like, it's okay to say, like, no, nah, I'm not doing that, or I don't feel comfortable doing that, because a lot of times it's not only about what you're saying no to but how you're saying it but allowing yourself to have that ability to like everything's not a yes like I don't have to say yes to everything just because I'm in a relationship or just because we have this kind of friendship or just because we're this kind of business partner I don't have to say yes all the time I have the power in any situation to say no I'm not doing that and just have, you just have to deal with the repercussions from it but you have to give yourself that
2: option yeah setting boundaries is so big in relationships um that's another thing that like as i grow i learn more and more (laughs) is to like set that boundary say no or like learn learn first that you probably need more boundaries than you have (laughs) set up because yeah a lot of that like allowing folks to treat you any kind of way or like kinda of going along with the friendship, like just for the sake of it, like, oh, I've known them for a long time. So it's like, okay, time is time, but is there still value to this? Like, what what kind of value does that bring to your life? Like, do you need to set a yeah. boundary for this person? Not everybody can be for everything. Like, you have this friend for this thing, you have that friend for that thing. Sometimes you gotta drop people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you are the one that needs to be dropped. <laughs> so like yeah definitely like saying no setting that boundary understanding where you have boundaries and where you actually don't yeah yeah